Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. Uh, yeah, that, oh, there goes that vase. Did they get a horse in? How did they get a horse in here? This is nuts. I'm I'm gonna have to take cover. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. You probably didn't expect a big raging battle uh, at the beginning of this episode, based on what we talked about in the last one. But the dwarves are really, really upset. And oh yeah, uh, mm, yeah. I'm gonna here. Hold on a second. Let me uh, let me see if I can get outside, or at least out of this big chamber. Hold on. Okay, uh, it's, it's a little safer over here. And I, I really don't know how they got the horses in here. This is what's going on right now. The the dwarves are really upset about the whole Noglamir thing. Uh, and, you know, Thingol and Melian aren't here anymore. And so they've now decided to invade uh, the caves of Menegroth. And uh, the dwarves and the elves are now fighting each other. Open, open battle, open warfare between all of them. These are supposed- you're supposed to be the good people! You're supposed to be the free people! Morgoth is the enemy! Yeah, they're not gonna listen to me. So, here we are, here we are, and uh, picking up the story from where it left off. And you probably thought that we were done with the whole thing, or at least thought this was coming to an end, or at least sooner than it is now. But turns out, there's a whole lot of other stuff still going on here, because Thingol and Melian weren't the last of their line. We talked about this on the last show. Luthien is alive again. They've been hanging out in the land of the dead that live. That's the actual translated name of the place that they've been living. And they have kids. And there's a whole thing going on with their lineage that's still alive. And we're going to get into that stuff. But the story today begins with... The dwarves now 
fully confronting the elves of Doriath. Now, if you remember, they're called the Nagrim. And the passage here says, Thus it was that the host of the Nagrim crossed over Aros, passed unhindered into the woods of Doriath, and none withstood them. And they were many and fierce. And the captains of the Grey Elves were cast into doubt and despair, and went hither and thither purposeless. But the dwarves held on their way, and passed over the great bridge, and entered into Menegroth. And there befell a thing most grievous among the sorrowful deeds of the Elder Days. For there was battle in the Thousand Caves. Yeah, you can hear it right now. And many elves and dwarves were slain, and it has not been forgotten. Remember when I talked about the whole making of the Nagrim and the, the Silmaril and the joining of the two and how there was animosity between the dwarves and Thingol? That has now spilled over to all of the people of Doriath. And when you hear in the Rings of Power, which happens in the Second Age, or the Lord of the Rings, which happens in the Third Age, that there is hostility between dwarves and elves... This is one of the reasons. This is one of the core reasons. This event right here. The passage goes on and says, But the dwarves were victorious, and the halls of Thingol were ransacked and plundered. There fell Mablung of the heavy hand before the doors of the treasury wherein lay the Noglamir, and the Silmaril was taken. This was a very dark event, not only do we see the, the battle here between dwarves and elves, who traditionally have been allies, but Mablung is killed as well. He's a character that we've grown to care about through the story of Turin. And here he is defending the treasury and cut down. And the Silmaril with the Noglamir is taken by the dwarves. And this story picks up with more about Baron and Luthien. So I mentioned this back when we were talking about Baron and Luthien, how their main story had completed, but it wasn't the last we were going to hear about them. So I'm excited to get back into some of the events and some of the things that they are still involved with before they finally leave Middle-earth. So let's catch up with Baron and Luthien. They have been living. They dwell now in a place called Tol Galen, the Green Isle, in the River Ardurant, southernmost of the streams that fall from the Arid Linden. We've heard about the Arid Linden before, right? And we're told about their family. They have a son, Dior Eluchil, D-I-O-R. And Dior is married to Nimloth, who happens to be a kinswoman of Celeborn. Now, you probably recognize that name, right? Celeborn. Celeborn is married to Galadriel. This is Galadriel's husband. Nimloth and Celeborn are kinspeople. We're not given a specific relationship here, but we know that they're related, and so we know that this is tying back to royalty in a way. Galadriel, Luthien, there's, there's a relationship there through their children. 
and Dior and Nimloth also, I almost said also, also have children. Elu Red and Elu Rin are their sons, and Elwing is their daughter. And we're not given the explanation here about the sons and the, the meaning of their names and all of that. But Elwing we are. Elwing's name means star spray. And we know that she was born during a night of stars. And it says here in the text, whose light glittered in a spray of the waterfall of Lanther Lamoth beside her father's house. And so we're given these images of beauty and also a connection to the stars, which is a very elven kind of thing. This is what we're supposed to be thinking here. Remember, these are children of the sun of an elf and a man. And this is another thing that we are meant to be aware of. Dior is a child of three different people types, elf, man, and Maiar because of Luthien's mother, Melian. So this is a very interesting family, and there's a lot of really cool stuff going on with the lineages here. Now, word gets out about what is happening in Doriath, and that the dwarves were victorious. The passage here says, Now word went swiftly among the elves of Assyriand that a great host of dwarves bearing gear of war had come down out of the mountains and passed over Gelion at the Ford of Stones. These tidings came soon to Baron and Luthien, and in that time also a messenger came to them out of Doriath, telling of what had befallen there. Then Baron arose and left Tolgalen, and summoning to him Dior, his son, they went north to the river Askar, and with them went many of the green elves of Assyriand. Baron brings his son and a host in order to try to catch up to the dwarves who they know are on their way out of Doriath. Now remember, these are elves, and these are elves, many of whom would be familiar with the woods and the lands around these areas. They have lived here now for a very long time, and they've gotten word that the dwarves were victorious, and they're leaving. They're headed back to their mountains in the east. And so they set up an ambush. And this is something that you don't ever want to have to deal with. An ambush by elves in their own land while traveling out in the wilds between trees and rocks and wherever else that they can hide. You are not going to stand much of a chance. And we're reminded here that the dwarven hosts of Nagrod were diminished at this point. They had just won the conflict, but they'd also suffered a lot of losses. Many of them would have been injured. Their numbers would have been way less. And we're told here that suddenly all the woods were filled with the sound of elven horns and shafts sped upon them from every side. There many of the dwarves were slain in the first onset, but some escaped from the ambush and held together and fled eastward toward the mountains. And as they climbed the long slopes beneath Mount Dolmed, there came forth the shepherds of the trees, the Ents. The dwarves had wandered into a realm of the Ents, and they were about to pay for what they did. As they drove the dwarves into the shadowy woods of Arid Linden, whence, it is said, came never one to climb the high passes that led to their homes. 
This is another reminder of some of the things that we've seen in the Lord of the Rings. Remember when Treebeard finds Merry and Pippin and he's wondering, are you orcs? Are you dwarves? Remember when Gimli is walking through Fangorn and is nervous about the trees. There's history there. There's a reason for that. He knows the story of his kinsmen who were escaping through the woods of the shepherds of the trees and none of them made it out alive. So that's what happened to the dwarves who made it out of the battle. But what happens in the battle? We are told here very specifically some sad news. Baron fought his last fight. But there's some more detail here. He himself slew the Lord of Nagrod and wrested from him the necklace of the dwarves. And he dying laid his curse upon all the treasure. The Lord of Nagrod did. Then Baron gazed in wonder at the selfsame jewel of Feanor that he had cut from Morgoth's iron crown, now shining set amid gold and gems by the cunning of the dwarves. And he washed it clean of blood in the waters of the river. And when all was finished, the treasure of Doriath was drowned in the river Askar. The treasure of Doriath here is not the Silmaril. It is the hoard of stuff that the dwarves were taking out of Menegroth, the riches that they had found. They decided it would be better to pour all of that into the river and let it go away than to take it back with them. But of course they took back the Silmaril and the Noglamir. And although it says here at the beginning, Baron fought his last fight, it doesn't mean that Baron in this situation is killed. It just means that this is the last fight. This is the last conflict he will be involved in. And we'll get into why that is in a little bit. Now, of course, because all the treasure was drowned in the river, the river needs a new name, right? This is a very Tolkien kind of thing. So, from that time, the river was named anew Rathloriel, the Golden Bed. So the battle ends. Some of the dwarves escape into the woods, but then don't actually escape the Ents. And Baron returns to Tolgaelin with the Silmaril, with this beautiful Naglamir and the Silmaril inside of it. And we're told here that this is not a happy time for them. It does not ease Luthien's grief in the death of her father. But at least there's some justice here. But it's a bitter kind of justice. Because the, it's it's one of those things where Thingol was kind of being a jerk to the dwarves. He kind of deserved a little bit of what he got. And he didn't deserve to be murdered. But there things could have been better, right? We we know that both sides have a little bit of a claim on this and things could have worked out a lot better had Thingol been more, I don't know, open to negotiating with the dwarves and not so demanding to keep the Noglimir for himself. But there is still something good that comes of this. We get to see what might be the most beautiful sight anywhere outside of Valinor. Because we are told that Luthien takes the Noglamir with the Silmaril and puts it on. It says here that Luthien wearing that necklace and that immortal jewel was the vision of greatest beauty and glory that has ever been 
outside the realm of Valinor. And for a little while, the land of the dead that live, where they lived, became like a vision of the land of Valar. And no place has been since so fair, so fruitful, or so filled with light. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, I'm back. This is the middle of the show, and I have to thank our newest patrons. It has been two weeks since I've done a new episode. I apologize for taking the week off. Uh, It's always one of those things that I debate, like, do I really need to just try to rush and get an extra episode out, or can I just take a week off every so often? And I I thank you for, for allowing me the break to do this. Also, when you're gone for an extra week, you have more names to read out. So many more people have joined the Patreon. So let's just get through it. Here we go. Welcome to Limitless Paper, Jake J, David S, uh, Tiny Ten Hands, <laughs> Dustin H, that's a good name, uh, Barney D, Valens, Nick K, uh, I have to scroll up, Goblin, um, AK Music Lover, Liam T, uh, Andrew B, and Christopher D. And a few of you I've noticed have upgraded 
for the uh, the VIP tier in order to get t-shirts and things like that. I'm so glad that you're into these. I've gotten a lot of positive responses from the community. It sounds like a lot of you really like the shirts. So go check those out. Everything you can get is at patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast. So go check out things if you're thinking about helping to support the show and keep this show going. And I appreciate all of your support. All, uh, what are we at here? The total is 195. And we have VIP patrons to shout out. AK Music Lover, Austin C, Bo, Brad S, Brandy D, Chewbacca, Christopher D, David S, David M, Drupal, Esoteric Rage, Jesse P, Katie S, Capenna 009, Larry, Lauren C, Nick K, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Patrick W, Sam B, Shannon L, T-Rex, and Tyler M. Oh, and Wes P. Almost almost ran out of room there on the screen. Uh, thank you to all of you and for helping to support the show amazing stuff I, I never expected the show to do as well as it has and to hit it off with so many people so thank you for being here and thank you for helping me keep this going also i've got a bunch of reviews to read out but you know what i'm gonna put these at the end of the episode because there's a whole lot of them and i know you just want to get back to the content first so let's do that and then stick around at the end for all the different reviews and my responses to the reviews thank you to everyone who takes the time to review on apple podcasts and uh you guys know how it goes i'll read these out on a future episode also on spotify thank you for the ratings and for commenting on the things you like about each of the episodes over there all right here we go let's get back to the rest of the episode So we are continuing the story with Dior here. We know that Baron and Luthien are going to stay in their home. They're not planning to live anywhere else. Luthien is not claiming Doriath as her own. But Dior has a claim. It says here, Now Dior Thingle's heir bade farewell to Baron and Luthien, and departing from Lanthir Lamoth with Nimloth, his wife, he came to Menegroth. And abode there, and with them went their young sons, Alured, and Alurin, and Elwing, their daughter. Then the Sindar received them with joy, and they arose from the darkness of their grief, for fallen kin and king, and for the departure of Melian. And Dior Eluchil set himself to raise anew the glory of the kingdom of Doriath. So good news, right? Doriath can come back. It has a new king. This king is the son of Baron and Luthien. Good news, right? Right? Everybody? Am I alone in here? Well, just when you thought we were going to get some good news, we have the next paragraph. In, In the very next paragraph, this part of the story moves very quickly because there's very little specific detail. But we do know that on a late night in autumn, for whatever that matters, there was a knock at the door. One of the lords of the green elves, and we're not told which one, was coming directly himself to relay a message to King Dior. And alone in his chamber together, in silence... He presents the Noglamir with the Silmaril. And with this, Dior knew that Baron 
and Luthien had passed on. This was the sign that they had died yet again. Their return to life had ended. And when I read this, I get this picture in my head. It doesn't say it here, but I get it. You get your own headcanon, right? And I get this picture in my head of an aged Baron and Luthien who have lived out the rest of their days, mostly in peace. And Luthien with the Noglimir around her neck, looking amazingly beautiful, even in her older age. Because remember, she had become mortal. And it was her time to go. But we're given a little bit more detail here. Long did Dior gaze upon the Silmaril, which his father and mother had brought beyond hope out of the terror of Morgoth. And his grief was great that death had come upon them so soon. It was unexpected. Dior did not expect them to pass so soon. But the wise have said that the Silmaril hastened their end. For the flame of the beauty of Luthien, as she wore it, was too bright for mortal lands. Remember the conversations, and we've talked a little bit about this on the main show and a little bit on the bonus episodes, about how in Valinor, the mortals themselves would not survive very long and and would actually die sooner. There is something about being a mortal in a holy land that they are not designed for. So even though Frodo goes off to the West in order to help heal his wounds and bring him peace, he also will not live as long as if he would have stayed in middle earth. And now that the Silmaril is with mortals in middle earth, a piece of Valinor itself, the trees is with them. And that in some ways that hastened their, their death. Their longevity was shortened by that. It's a very interesting point and almost feels counterintuitive, but it's stated here. And it's something that Tolkien writes about fairly regularly. The very next passage says, Then Dior arose, and about his neck he clasped the Noglimir, and now he appeared as the fairest of all the children of the world. And we're reminded here of threefold race of the Edain, of the Eldar, and of the Maiar of the Blessed Realm. And we're told here that news about the Noglimir and the Silmaril returning to Doriath and being worn by Dior is very quickly spread. Everybody finds out. And so that makes you wonder, what about the children of Feanor? What about the Val? Did they not know that Luthien had had it for some time? And this is answered. We are told that in Luthien's possession, that the children of Feanor would not dare to attempt to take it from her. We're not explained why. And it seems kind of odd, especially because their vow itself says no elf or man or anyone else that that nobody would keep them from getting the Silmarils back. And yet on some level, they respected Luthien so much that they wouldn't dare try. But now that the Silmaril had passed to Dior and word was getting out that Doriath was no longer protected by the girdle of Melian and that Dior had the Silmaril. Well, Things were about to change. 
The passage here says, But now the rumor ran among the scattered elves of Beleriand that Dior Thingol's heir wore the Noglamir, and they said, A Silmaril of Feanor burns again in the woods of Doriath, and the oath of the sons of Feanor was waked again from sleep. For while Luthien wore the necklace of the dwarves, no elf would dare to assail her. But now hearing of the renewal of Doriath and of Dior's pride, the seven gathered again from wandering, and they sent to him to claim their own. But Dior returned no answer to the sons of Feanor, and Kelegorm stirred up his brothers to prepare an assault on Doriath. This episode begins with a battle, and it ends with another battle, and both of them are extremely dire. They came at unawares in the middle of winter and fought with Dior in the Thousand Caves. And I'm going to read the rest of this because it tells it better than I. I know I do this sometimes at the ends of episodes. But the the way this lays out the information in my mind makes me go, oh, what about this? And then it answers the question. What about this? And then it answers the question. So I don't want to steal that from you. It says, And so befell the second slaying of elf by elf. There fell Kelegorm by Dior's hand. One of the sons of Feanor, Dior kills, defending himself and the Silmaril. And there fell Kurufin, remember Kurufin as well, and Dark Karanthir. Three of the sons of Feanor die assaulting Doriath. But Dior was slain also and Nimloth, his wife. And the cruel servants of Kelegorm seized his young sons and left them to starve in the forest. They didn't outright kill them, but they let them out into the wilderness with no help. But we are given a little bit of light here. Of this, Maedhros indeed repented. The one son of Feanor, the good one, the one who seems to stand up for what is actually good, time and time again, Maedhros, repents of this, and sought them long in the woods of Doriath, but his search was unavailing. And of the fate of Elured and Elurin, no telltales. Now let's be clear. The fact that Maedhros was there and able to search for the sons means that he assaulted the keep as well. He was keeping to the vow with his brothers. But this gives me the sense that although he was willing to go to arms with them and fight soldiers to soldiers, he was not going to do cruel things to their families. And so in that way, he was still morally bound to trying to do good. You could argue that assaulting other elves in order to take back the Silmaril is, of course, not a good thing to do. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Elf on elf violence, man on man violence, all of that stuff. It's bad. But he was still fulfilling his vow. He wasn't breaking his vow. And so he's tied there, but he doesn't have to do terrible things to the children of these people. And he searched for them. But he could not find them, and we do not know what happens to them. There is no other anything that tells us about where they went. Did they get eaten by bears? You know, <laughs> were they killed by the servants of Morgoth? Were they enslaved? We don't know. We just don't know. And then we're told this. Thus Doriath was destroyed and never rose again. 
This is another elven kingdom wiped off the map. First Nargothrond, now Doriath. What's left? Sure, there's elves living out in the vast wilds and other locations. There's green elves. But of these major kingdoms, all that remains is the hidden kingdom of Gondolin. That's it. And then we're given this last sentence. It's a paragraph long sentence, but it's a sentence. This happens a lot. But the sons of Feanor gained not what they sought, for a remnant of the people fled before them, and with them was Elwing Dior's daughter. And they escaped, and bearing with them the Silmaril, they came in time to the mouths of the river Syrian by the sea. Where do you think they're going? Thanks for tuning in. Stay after the outro for the uh, reading out of all the reviews and stuff. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. All right, here we are at the end of the episode where I'm going to be reading through all the reviews. Let's get to it. This first one is from Mama Moose 33 from Canada, who writes, Amazing. Just started listening to this podcast, and it is amazing. As someone who has loved The Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth since my dad read them to me. Awesome. Uh, as a kid, it's awesome to go further into the lore. Great podcast and would highly recommend to anyone who is even slightly interested in Tolkien's world outside of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much, Mama Moose from Canada. I'm waving to you in Canada. This one comes from Slow Lauren, however you pronounce that, in the United States, who writes, Amazing. As others have said, reading through the Silmarillion is not easy. I know the lore behind Lord of the Rings is amazing and in-depth and wanted to know more about it. If it wasn't for robots, I don't think I'd ever get around getting around to find out about it all. I'm now trying once again to read the Silmarillion. Thanks, robots. Also, love the intro music. Well, thanks. I wish I had written it, but I got it off of one of those websites that you can get music from. <laughs> so I'm glad you like it. Uh, this one is from tractor 07 in norway who writes fantastic podcast i've listened to this for nearly a year now and it is the best lord of the rings podcast in terms of telling a story you make the silmarillion for the rest of us mortals but i do want to correct a thing that you said in the last episode about the death of thingle yes this is the thing where i accidentally said that he had seen the light of the the trees through the silmaril but i'd forgotten that he was one of the ones that went over at first, one of the three that went and visited. And so I in, since then have updated the episode, but thank you for the correction on this. Uh, and uh, just a minor thing, keep up the good work. You are amazing. Well, you're amazing. And thank you for kindly pointing that out. Uh, this one comes from Kat. That's, that's who set? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly from Sweden. I'm waving to Norway and Sweden now. I wish I could go visit Northern Europe. Uh, for Sam's and Gandalf's, whether you are a Tolkien nerd like me or just a person who enjoys the movies, this pod is for you. Robots has an enchanting voice. Thank you. And now it's no longer enchanting. It's just creepy and includes every listener, makes it interesting and really comforting to listen to. And for one who has studied Tolkien since I was 10, comforting is for me what Tolkien is. Yeah, me too. Totally agree. 
This one's from Lil Rye Guy in the United States who writes, Great for any level of fan. As a lifelong fan of the movies and a recent reader of the books, I always felt like I wasn't doing my part and being a good diehard Tolkien fan. This is because I couldn't fully wrap my head around the vastness of his world that he created. I've read The Sill, The Hobbit, and The Lord of the Rings trilogy almost fully, currently in Return of the King, and I could tell that a lot of it was going over my head. I'm much more of an on-the-surface reader and don't normally dive deep into, pick up on themes and background notes, etc. All of of this is what led me to this podcast. I wanted to do my part of getting a deeper understanding and appreciation of this wonderful world J.R.R. has created for us. I want to thank you for this podcast as I am getting a better understanding and grasp of all Tolkien's world. You break this down and make it easy to follow, even though the subject matter is tougher than most to pick up. All in all, a great podcast. Lil Raga, you're very welcome, and thank you for the review. We've got three more left. This one's from 266 in the United States, who writes, For when you get lost in the story, come here for understanding. I've loved The Lord of the Rings for 20 years and am just now wanting to go deeper into Tolkien's world. And what better place to start than the beginning? This host or the host has a wonderful understanding of not just the story, but of his audience. Just when things get confusing, he knows when to re-explain and reintroduce plots and characters to help you along. Well, thanks uh, to six six i appreciate that um i try to put myself in the reader's shoes and i know that i also get confused at certain points so i think uh the readers probably did too so i better go over that a little bit more so thanks for noticing that uh this one is from buddy hawks in great britain also waving over to our great britain friends uh reignited hi tom it's just like i'd just like to thank you so much for your lord of the rings lorecast podcast it seems to have drifted away from tolkien's works do oh, i seem i seem to have drifted away from Tolkien's works due to life being the crazy adventure it is not all those who wander are lost your podcast reignited my passion for Tolkien's works and my wife has noticed a notable change in my happiness in recent weeks that's awesome also you're welcome to your wife that's not a thing I get to say very often Uh, I'm only on podcast 10 but I'm excited for all that is to come thank you again for the time and energy you put in all the best buddy you too buddy Hawks that's funny that buddy shows up twice. Uh, and then one more from Carly Goho, I think is how you pronounce this, in Canada, who writes, amazing, love this podcast, would definitely recommend it to any Lord of the Rings fans. You uh, really hope you can read this out, robots. Well, I just did, so thank you so much, and thank you to everybody who helped support the show. All right, <laughs> that's going to do it for today's episode. Have a wonderful week. I will see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.